Hello and thank you for listening to the second season of the iStart PIA Relay podcast series brought to you by Dementia Researcher. iStart is a professional society and part of the Alzheimer's Association, representing scientists, physicians and other dementia professionals active in researching and understanding the causes and treatments of Alzheimer's disease and other dementias. In this five-part series, we have once again asked members of the iStart professional interest areas to take turns at interviewing their colleagues and being interviewed themselves, with the interviewee going on to be the next episode's interviewer. We'll be releasing one of these podcasts each day in the build-up to the Alzheimer's Association's International Virtual Conference to showcase the work of iStart PIAs. Thank you for listening. and thanks for joining us. I am Claudio Babiloni. I am a professor of physiology at the Department of Physiology and Pharmacology in Sapienza, University of Rome. I chair the eStart Electrophysiology Professional Interest Area, shortly PIA, in the following. Our work group promotes electrophysiological research in Alzheimer's and the related dementias. Today, I am very delighted to be talking with Dr. Joseph Kane. Hello, Joe. Can I start by asking you to introduce yourself and tell us which PIA you are involved with? Thank you very much for having me, Claudio. Um, I'm Joe Kane. I'm an academic Olaid psychiatrist from Queen's University, Belfast. And I'm the communications officer for the Lewy Body Dementias PIA. Okay, thanks for your introduction. Uh, can you tell us what brought you to dementia research and the focus of your research? Well, I started working in an Olaid psychiatry clinic in 2011 and I was immediately taken by it. I really enjoyed working with the patients and with the caregivers and really struck at how each individual experienced dementia in a completely different way from the next patient. In some cases, dementia was turning the lives of patients and caregivers upside down. They're turning their relationships upside down of married couples who had been together for 50 or 60 years. And around the same time, my granny, with whom I was very close, and who, um, who um, had a big part of my upbringing, um, was, she started showing the first signs of cognitive decline. And a couple of years later, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Again, over the following years, I saw that the, her dementia caused uh, ripple effects throughout her entire family and through our social networks. I don't think I realized it at the time, but I think Granny was a big inspiration for me to move towards research and to really look for ways to satisfy the curiosity that was awoken by actually working in old age psychiatry clinics. And a few years later, I took the opportunity to move to Newcastle, um, where I researched the clinical epidemi epidemiology of Lewy body disorders. And Newcastle upon Tyne is obviously synonymous with Lewy body dementia, so it was, it was wonderful to work there. And while I was there, I did my PhD on the use of MIBG cardiac imaging um, to differentiate dementia with Lewy bodies from Alzheimer's disease. And I also worked on the Diamond Lewy program of studies in which we developed 
diagnostic and management toolkits and introduced them uh, into clinical services. Um, and we were still publishing papers on Diamond Louie. So I, I returned to Belfast in 2017, uh, returned to my clinical duties, whilst also trying to develop my academic work. Uh, so currently, I um, my, my work mainly focuses on the pharmacoepidemiology of, of different types of dementia, but I'm also working up uh, a couple of projects on the peripheral manifestations of uh, dementia with Lewy bodies. And so it's it's been quite uh, it's been quite a, a long journey, but um, I'm very privileged to have worked with uh, some great researchers and to be still involved in clinical work as well. Okay, so I'm very sorry for your. Uh... Uh, familiar experience. I see that your history crossed your uh, um, academic and professional uh, choices. And uh, um, and what's the percentage of patients uh, as your grandmother? Uh, what's the percentage of patients with uh, Levy body dementia? Uh, so the Prevalence of Levy body dementia was one of the main focuses of my PhD work and that um, we conducted one of the largest um, clinical epidemiological studies um, of Lewy body dementia. And we find that um, it really represented just under 5% of all cases of dementia. Um, however, uh, we know that detection is an issue in DLB um, and PDD. Uh, we know that, that sometimes the disease can be expressed in different ways. And when we look at the kind of post-mortem data, we, we strongly suspect that, that Lewy body dementia represents 15 to 20% of all dementia. It's just not always expressed and just not always detected. So it's one of the reasons why we always get very excited about the emergence of biomarkers that are, that are useful uh, in the clinical setting. And um, I suppose overlapping with your own work, um, you know, we have really helpful electrophysiological biomarkers in that we, we have you know, polysomnography, which includes EEG and which is an indicative biomarker for DLB, which means that if we have um, you know, a positive PSD result along with one of the core clinical features of DLB that it confers a probable DLB diagnosis. And then also EEG has a role um, in in being a supportive biomarker that is a helpful, frequently observed, um, practicable biomarker that doesn't necessarily confer the same type of specificity um, that to, to actually confer a diagnosis. So um, that's specifically kind of prominent posterior slow wave activity on EEG with, with, with fluctuations. So any time that we, we find out about a new biomarker or a new mechanism of detecting and diagnosing DLB better, we, we get very excited. Yeah, I, I really uh, appreciate your uh, um, answer because I think that uh, um, uh, the Levy body disease PIA is um, um, performing a strong work in, in order to exploit the use of biomarkers and is a model also for other neurodegenerative disorders. And uh, uh, I, I think that uh, the, the, the dimension of the dementia uh, in the world is uh, really challenging the societies. 
And uh, I think that the, the estimation of Alzheimer's Association is that uh, there are about uh, 50 million of uh, uh, people with dementia today. And um, so the five, 10% of uh, this number is really huge. And the EG biomarkers are low cost and non-invasive and may be used in some countries with low or middle income uh, um, uh, before to go to neuroimaging. And, uh, um, but uh, you, you introduced some uh, really interesting uh, issues in epidemiology and in the panel of biomarkers, but what are the, the, the hot topics uh, in uh, Levy body dementia field uh, today? Well, it's a really exciting time to be in Lewy body dementia research um, because we are discovering more about biomarkers and about the disease itself. The last few years has seen prodromal DLB emerge as a, as a really major research thing. And there's a lot of exciting work out there characterizing the, the neuropsychological and the clinical profile of the disease, as well as looking at some neuroimaging characteristics and electrophysiological character, characteristics. And a lot of the great work is coming out uh, from Italy, of course, um, also from Newcastle and from Amsterdam and Strasbourg around prodromal disease. And it's all the more impressive when you see the sample sizes and the challenges of actually identifying and recruiting prodromal cohorts. And it's, it's research that actually, is actually making its way into our clinical practice. So we are starting to scrutinize patients a bit more closely for early Lewy body symptoms and thinking a lot more about how we could and should be using the likes of neuroimaging and other tests. Similarly, just as blood-based biomarkers have been making a big splash in Alzheimer's land, um, it's also an increasingly hot topic in Lewy body dementia. And we're keen to see how all the great work in the likes of neurofilament light applies to Lewy body dementia particularly as bigger and better characterized cohorts become included in studies. And the, as I said before, our community has long highlighted the importance of detection and accurate diagnosis and the likes of a blood-based biomarker in the clinic would be a real game changer. And so we're really excited about that. From a strategic point of view, um, you touched on it earlier before in that dementia is a global health issue. And we um, were really keen in the PIA to, to start addressing that. Um, where we see good Lewy body dementia research, we usually see good training and education and practice in Lewy body disease. So um, one of the things that we hope to do uh, as a PIA is to spread the net, is to, to widen the, um, the community of DLB researchers beyond Europe, beyond the US and beyond the likes of Japan to, to as much of the world as possible. And that in turn will allow us to hopefully recruit bigger sample sizes that we can do you know, sub-analyses on and learn a lot more about the disease. So that's been a real focus of our PIA is, is making this a global international community where before it had been something a little, a little more um, small. Yeah, this is uh, very interesting, but you, you are a, a very active scientist and uh, so you are in touch with a lot of uh, uh, research group in your area. And um, 
So, so I wonder uh, what's the added value of uh, uh, levy body uh, dementia PIA in, in, in supporting your field of research, uh, considering other associations or on uh, in the area of uh, levy body diseases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean the, the the PIA really allows us to to look at Lewy body dementia from a global perspective because it's got this infrastructure, because it's got this large membership, because it's got these great initiatives like this podcast, for example, um, to really allow us to engage people on a global level. On a personal level, um, it, it's been really important to me in expanding my professional and academic networks, particularly as I make the transition from an early career researcher into a more senior researcher. And I think sometimes as an early career researcher, you struggle with the idea of networking. Um, and and the PA, this PA gives an amazing opportunity and a real platform for early career uh, researchers to really get involved with researchers from all over the world and, and some of the real giants in the field. And um, when like me, if you're, if you're part of uh, a really supportive and interesting group, which is slightly outside the major DLB research groups, it can be difficult to stay abreast of some of the exciting research which is coming out. And it can be quite difficult to forge new collaborations and relationships. And my primary motivation for joining the PO was to support that area of my work. So I got involved with some of the working groups. I got the opportunity to get my name out there a little bit more to publicize and share my research a bit more. And then as I got more involved in some of the working group projects that we have going on, in particular, the, the consortia working group, um, it, it meant that I've really been able to, to engage a lot more with the community uh, than I was before. Um, it's also helped me recognize how, as someone who is in clinical services, how, what, what I should be doing and how I should be doing it when it comes to establishing uh, a DLB data set and uh, maintaining a DLB registry that is capable not only of producing good research locally and um, within our lab, but also capable of contributing to some of these multinational multi-center consortia and really contribute to this global effort. And then obviously since I've been appointed to the executive committee, which gives me the great opportunity to get involved in, in initiatives like this podcast. So um, I think looking forward to the future, the P, the P is really keen to engage ECRs and support ECRs as much as possible as we continue to cultivate our community. Okay, yes, but I, I think that of course the interaction and the um, networking and linking among research groups is important in um, all areas of dementia research. So my uh, question is if it's specifically important for levy body dementia research. With, with respect to ECRs? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, I, I think that um, there's two different perspectives to it. I think, first of all, of course, we need the research leaders of the future. We need, we need that. And that takes an awful lot of time and an awful lot of building things like networks and relationships. I think in a more immediate sense, however, we want to know as a peer what early career researchers actually need 
right now? What do we need to get you to the next stage? What do we need to help you with your work? And in order for us to know about that, um, we, we need as many people uh, involved as possible. So you do not need to be uh, an expert in Lewy body dementia to join this PA. You don't need to be a clinician. You don't need to be at any particular level. We want to hear from people of all different levels. And I think another reason why it's important that we support early career researchers going forward is because, you know, Lewy body dementia does have its idiosyncrasies and its unique aspects. And uh, we want to keep young, talented uh, researchers of all backgrounds in the Lewy body dementia field rather, for, rather than encourage them to look towards some of the other uh, dementia fields that maybe ha traditionally have had access to different funding streams uh, and other expertise. So we, like I said, we really want to cultivate not only a community, but uh, a kind of pathway for our younger researchers and to, to make it from early career to, to more senior levels. Okay, I see that you are inviting people to be in touch with your uh, PIA, um, but uh, maybe they uh, may be interested in uh, uh, know a little more about the PIA, uh, what is PIA, uh, what's your committee, for example, and uh, what's the general organization of PIA? Sure. Well, we're a relatively young PIA, um, reformed in, in mid-2019, and we have a relatively small executive committee. So we have a chair and a vice chair. That's um, Professor Dag Osland from King's College London and Stavanger University Hospital, and Dr. Jim Leverens from the Cleveland Clinic in the USA. We also have Professor Laura Banani from the University of Katie Pescara. She is our programs officer, um, as well as Dr. Bradley Bove from the, the Mayo Clinic in Rochester. So a real group of, of giants in the field. So anyone that's interested in Lewy body dementia will, will, will know the, the impact that these researchers have had on the field. And then there's me as um, communications officer, and we're supported by um, staff from the Alzheimer's Association, in particular, the, the wonderful Julie Tittner. So we have regular meetings. Um, we, we, in particular, run three working groups that are focusing on different projects. So first of all, we have one focusing on DLB consortia, one on prodromal, DLB, uh, prodromal Lewy body dementia, and one focusing on clinical trials. And each of those three working groups holds a virtual meeting every three months or so. And many of our 60 PA members will participate in all three of those groups. Some of them will participate in one, some of them in two. So this year, the groups have been working together on projects outlining uh, really where we stand globally with Lewy body dementia research. Uh, Fabrizio D'Antonio, uh, who, who I know you've worked with, Claudio, and I have been working with the consortia working group um, including yourself, of course, to, to gather information on DLB consortia around the world, what type of data they collect, which centers they include, and so on. And it's been a really exciting project to work on because I've been sending emails on a Monday afternoon, and by the time I wake up on Tuesday morning, I have, you know, replies from, you know, from Kiati as well as, you know, China and India and Colombia. So it's been really exciting in that sense. Um, 
Another of the working groups, uh, Federico Rodriguez Porcel, has been working with the trials method group to really do a systematic review on the current outcome measures employed by Louis Dementia Trials. Um, our expectation eventually being that novel, bespoke um, Louis Body Dementia outcome measures are likely to be required in the future, as well as harmonization of existing methods. So these projects are all going on in tandem and they are all available for anybody in the working group and anybody in the PA to participate in. And it is a very genuine, collaborative, you know, multidisciplinary, multinational effort. Um, and the meetings are really convivial and relaxed. And it's not the type of meeting whereby an early career researcher, for example, would be afraid to put their hand up and ask a question. It's genuinely collaborative and it's, it's very exciting work. And um, that, that's one of the reasons we really want um, early career researchers to join. And um, so we will continue to adopt that structure in, in the kind of years ahead. And we'll also be looking towards other initiatives that engage people a bit more like this podcast, like, uh, like networking sessions and, and other activities like that. Okay, so I, I admit that I have a conflict of interest because I am also a member of uh, uh, Levy Body Dementia PIA, okay. But uh, I, I see that you um, have been very convincing and uh, probably many early career researchers who are listening um, may be interested in being involved in, uh, in the PIA initiatives. So, Practically, how can an early career researcher be, be uh, became a, a member of uh, uh, LBDPA? Well, the first thing to do is with your iStart account is to sign up for the PIA if you haven't already done so. Um, as I said before, you don't need to be an expert. You don't need to be a professor. You don't need to be a prolific researcher. You just need to be interested in working collaboratively and enthused at advancing the field. And so we welcome people from all backgrounds. In particular, you're right, we, I do really want to um, encourage early career researchers to, to take part, not only because they're the future leaders of the field, but also because we want to know how we can improve the work of the PIA and the best cater for early career researchers. So once you join up for the PA, you can you'll be sent invitations to our virtual meetings for our working groups. Um, as I said before, they're, they're a lot of fun and they're very genuinely collaborative and cordial um, and they're productive as well. You know, the projects that we've been working on this year have already produced one manuscript which has been submitted and we're well on our way to, towards submitting a second. So it's a great opportunity for researchers to, to be involved in projects like that. If you're still undecided about whether or not you want to join, um, we're holding a few different events over the next few months. Um, on Wednesday, uh, the 21st of September, we're having our um, scientific session. Sorry, Wednesday, the 15th of, the se of September, we're having our scientific session in which we'll be welcoming um, early career researchers and more senior researchers from all around the world to present the, the new Louis Body Dementia Research. Before that, in July, if you're attending AAIC, we are holding a preview session and the networking session um, to, to go along with the AAIC um, schedule. 
Again, this is a great opportunity to meet some of the executive committee um, who are very approachable and very friendly and, and very, very keen to support um, researchers of all levels. Um, and that should be a fun opportunity for us to highlight some of um, the posters that we're looking forward to seeing and some of the oral presentations that we're looking forward to seeing. So if, you, if you're still on the fence, if you're still undecided, please uh, attend those events. Um, and if, if you'd like, by all means, get in contact with me as well, and I'll try and persuade you more. But uh, I genuinely can't encourage early career researchers enough to get involved in this field. So, so I, th I think that it's uh, really exciting uh, to, to be part of these initiatives in the coming months. Um, um, you introduced several initiatives, the podcasts, the work groups, uh, working on the guidelines to linking research, local research. Um, so um, uh, there are several initiatives uh, um, in front of us, but uh, um, could you... Um, uh, emphasize a couple of goals uh, most important for Europea in the coming months. Uh, certainly, um, in, in terms of the next plans for the next year, I think we'll be looking to really build on the momentum that we've gathered over the past 12 months, particularly with respect to widening the net of Lewy body dementia research. So we really want to involve and engage um, researchers and clinicians, particularly from regions that haven't previously been active in the field. We want this to be a global community. Um, we, we want uh, people from as many walks of life as possible to join us in that respect. Um, we want to think of the best ways that we as a peer can support people that are thinking of starting up new groups, um, people that are thinking of contributing to consortia and I think one of the things we have to do is figure out how we can share data with each other more effectively and harmonize that data much more effectively. The work of the clinical trials group will hopefully create a standardized battery of outcome measures, again, with the idea of harmonizing global data as much as possible. Um, and then from a strategic point of view, we really want to grow the membership of the PA, uh, of the PA membership itself. Um, I, know, I know you've got split loyalties, but the Lewy Body Dementia PA is the best PA. Um, and I think, and, and everyone needs to know that. Um, and we've been delighted with what we've been able to achieve thus far. Um, but with a larger, more diverse group, we think we can achieve even more. So um, I think another type of thing that we'll be looking towards is to collaborate with some other PAs. Um, particularly, of course, the, the electrophysiology PIA. There are a lot of overlaps and a lot of overlapping themes between our respective uh, themes. Um, so we want to explore that as well. And then finally, we will really look towards some of the opportunities that I start to offer in terms of some of these great mechanisms that they have for engaging um, as many people as possible and as wide a range of people as possible. So things like the journal clubs and meet the author sessions, we think are really great initiatives. And um, whilst we don't have dates in the diary yet, I, I would encourage people to look out for um, events that we'll be holding um, over the next year. Finally, we'll be on the hunt to get early career researchers to participate in these events. So um, all the more reason for them to join the PIA.
Okay. And uh, about you, I suppose that uh, your group will be presenting some new findings in the upcoming uh, Alzheimer's Association International Conference in July this year. And um, can you give us some anticipations about your uh, uh, fresh findings? So I, I'm not unfortunately presenting at AAC this year um, because I'm between projects and having moved labs as well. But I know for a fact that the Lewy body dementia PA will be very well represented uh, in both the oral presentations and, um, and the poster presentations as well. We are in the very final stages of putting together our scientific session. Um, which would be a, a designated session specifically for Lewy body dementia. And, and again, that, that promises to show some of the most interesting research from researchers of all backgrounds. Um, so uh, keep an eye out for that as well. So I'm not presenting, but I'll definitely be attending and I'll definitely be highlighting um, in our preview session some of the um, presentations that I'm most looking forward to attending. Okay, thanks a lot. I, I think that we have to go uh, to the end of this uh, conversation, but uh, um, my final question is, uh, uh, what advice would you give to aspiring dementia researchers uh, um, about the, the direction of the most promising research? And um, uh, what's the, the, the perspective of a younger researcher in uh, LBDPA? I think the best advice that I could offer um, anyone uh, in the early stages of their career is to, um, to be confident and, be, and show their enthusiasm and be very willing to get involved. Sometimes as an early career researcher, you feel uh, reluctant to speak to and people who you perceive as the giants in the field, you can feel a bit afraid that people will judge you or people will um, not, not think that you, you're worth their time. That has been the polar opposite of my experience in particular with the, with the Lewy body dementia peer um, and, and the Lewy body dementia community in general. Um, even though we have some absolute giants, some incredibly accomplished scientists and clinicians, uh, they're always, always willing uh, to chat. They're approachable, they're friendly. Um, so, so my main piece of advice would be to abandon shyness and abandon your reservations and, and, talk, and talk to these people. Uh, and again, to plug the PA, I think the PA is a, is a great opportunity to do that because, you know, it can be a meeting of 30 people from around the world of all different backgrounds, and yet it's a relaxed and uh, cordial enough environment that questions and contributions from early career researchers are welcome. So, and um, that, that, the, for, for, that's, that's the main thing I would do is really to, is really to get involved and don't be afraid. Okay, thanks a lot, Joe, for taking time to join us today. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much, Claudio. I look forward to look forward to hearing your interview and to working with you in the future as well. Thank you. This is the last in the second series of the Relay shows. We hope you've enjoyed listening. I Start PI Years are a great way to expand your network to find new collaborators, 
and we hope these podcasts have inspired you to become involved. You can find profiles on today's panellists and information on how to get involved in iStart on our website at dementiaresearcher.nihr.ac.uk and also at als.org forward slash iStart. We're really looking forward to next week's AIC conference, so if you haven't already registered, visit als.org for more information. Finally, once again, please remember to like, subscribe and leave a review of this podcast on our website and in your favourite podcast app. Thanks for joining. Come back next week to catch our AIC conference daily roundup shows where we'll be sharing our favourite moments from the conference. Brought to you by DementiaResearcher.nihr.ac.uk in association with Alzheimer's Research UK and Alzheimer's Society, supporting early career dementia researchers across the world.